Welcome to the Go Hard Chick Podcast, your podcast for all things health and wellness for women. This is your host, Crystal Holmes, and it is my mission to inspire and empower women to overcome stress and prioritize their inner healing for improved energy, health, and confidence. Our focus here at the Go Hard Chick Podcast is on the eight pillars of wellness, which we believe provides a holistic approach to achieving a healthier and more fulfilling life. Join us as we explore a wide range of topics and tools to support you on your wellness journey. Welcome back, Go Hard Chicks. This is episode 116, and this is your host, Crystal Holmes. In this episode, we are diving back into the topic of financial wellness with returning guest, Jennifer McReynolds. She is a financial expert and all-around go-hard chick. And if you all remember, Jennifer was our guest in episode eight, way back in 2020, where we chatted about financial wellness in that episode. So if you didn't listen, go ahead and roll back and take that episode a listen as well. I thought I'd bring back Jennifer because we are dealing with some challenging financial times right now. I mean, over the last three years, it's been a bit nuts. And now everything seems to carry a higher price tag while our incomes are struggling to keep pace. Basic staples like bread have soared, leaving many of us trying to figure out how do we balance our daily finances while still planning for our future and retirement. And go hard chicks, as this episode releases, Thanksgiving is this week. And you know what follows Thanksgiving, honey? Black Friday. I mean, heck, the sales have already started and I have already started shopping. I must admit it. This is the most difficult time of year for me because I love fashion. I love clothes. I love shoes. So when I see sales and deals, I might go a little overboard than I should. But I remain committed to rein it in this year. And that's why I wanted Jennifer to come on because she shares some invaluable tips, inspiration, and guidance to not only navigate, but to thrive in these uncertain financial times. So without further ado, let's welcome back to the Go Hard Chick podcast, Go Hard Chick Jennifer McReynolds. Welcome back, Jennifer. Welcome back to the Go Hard Chick podcast. Thank you, Crystal. I'm so I excited. Know, and I, you know, it was funny because I was like, what episode was Jennifer on? You were you were on episode eight. Like <laughs> okay. I knew it was yes. early on. Um, and I didn't go back and count, but it, it was, was yeah. Yes, in the midst of the pandemic, you gave the Go Hard Chick podcast a chance. (laughs) And it's been great. How many episodes are you in now? At the time, all these years later. At the time that we are recording this, I just released episode 113. 
Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. Who would have thunk? Wow. I know. But, yeah, I know. but I need to have you come back. I needed to have you come back because, um, you know, at the time we recorded back in 2020, I think we were in lockdown. And we yeah, were. it was. And there were so many things unknown even at yeah, that time. It was scary. I know I was nervous. I think a lot of people were nervous about not only their health, but their finances, their jobs. Absolutely. Well, we made it. And now we're here and it's, I feel even more scared. You feel scared. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to stop babbling because I, I want you to share with the listeners who didn't listen to episode eight, who you are and what you do. And then we're going to jump right in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, my name is Jennifer McReynolds. I run a family financial and investing advisory practice um, in the Atlanta area. However, we are all over the U.S. Um, and we began doing that. I run it with my partner in business and in life. Uh, and we have a couple of older kids who also uh, work with us and um, really to help people uh, learn about their finances, get into a good place with their finances. But really, the goal is to help people build wealth and have a, a, a secure retirement. We work all these years, you know, working hard, doing all the things that we've been taught to do, you know, go to school, get good grades, get a job with some good benefits so that so at some point we can retire and then live the life that we see in magazines and in commercials. And so our goal is to make sure that after you've done all of those things, that you can have that good life and only work if you choose to, because you want to, because you need the social interaction, but not because you have to in the same way. Uh, and I am a graduate of Spelman College. Um, and so, yeah, so that's a little bit about why. Me. I don't know if I asked you this the last time, but why did you select a career in finance? Oh, gosh. So that's really, really interesting. I knew growing up that I wanted to be a doctor and specifically I wanted to be an OBGYN. Um, always my passion has been working with women. Um, and there's a couple of things that happen. One, during um, my teenage years is that my parents um, started going through a really contentious divorce. And at the time I was the oldest of three children and uh, this was as I was preparing to go to college and I saw my parents divorced. It was not not good. And my mom had to struggle. I saw her having to rebuild a life. And, you know, and even actually before they divorced, what, what they argued most about was money. And that was the lack of money. And so um, what I realized is that our mom was in her late 40s with, you know, almost a young adult and two teenagers having to recreate herself in um, a workforce where she had pretty much not participated in meaningfully. So she struggled. And so that was a data point for me of, man, I love my mom. She's been great. She's been such an awesome mom, but I don't want to get to that point in life where now I'm struggling with three kids, right? So that was one data point. Another data point was I had a baby early in life and um, and that was tough. You know, I remember my doctor at the time saying, hey, 
Um, most young teen, I was a, I was a teenager at the time. She said, most teenagers, if they have had a baby at this point in two years, are going to have their second baby. Will I see you? So she challenged me at the time. And so every year, um, before I had my second child, I would write her a little postcard and say, <laughs> no more babies, you know, uh, just to prove to her that, you know, I was going to take the reins, that it was a, a momentary setback, but it wasn't going to define my life. So that was the second data point. And so when I was matriculating through Spelman College, what I realized because I did have a child and I was a single mother was that I needed to have a career where I can make money right away and not have to have, you know, eight years, 10 years of schooling uh, because I was in a different position. And so at that point, I made the decision to go into financial services. And, you know, I went to work on Wall Street right after I graduated from Spelman because I thought that's where the money lived, right? Um, the money resides on Wall Street. And so I just figured I needed to get close to the money. I needed to figure out how people made money. Um, and so that's where I got my start. And I quickly found out that most of my clients did not need my help with money. They already had money. Um, but it was such a great foundation of what to do, how to do it, and how to see others build wealth that they could leave legacies so that I could then, you know, when I needed to pivot, I, I, I had that great foundation on what to pivot on. Oh, that's awesome. I did not know that. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Um, I love your passion that, you know, you want to help women and, or that you do help women. And I feel like women, we have some unique challenges. Um, I think we've always had challenges as women with our finances, but now in the current, the way things are, I mean, the challenges are still there, but I see just and not only just with others, but with myself, I'm going into the grocery store and I'm like the bread that was, you know, a dollar 20 last year is now a dollar 95. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like my income really hasn't increased, but like, I've got all these expenses. I've got a kid, like she's got demands. And so I, I just feel, I'm feeling the squeeze, Jennifer, I'm feeling the squeeze. Um, but me aside, like what challenges do you find that women in particular experience with their finances? That's, that's such a great question. And that also was part of why I went into the work of, of, of helping. And, and mostly, Crystal, I'm just going to tell you this, but, you know, if I had my druthers, I would work with women most of the time. Um, <laughs> It's just that some of my women are attached to partners, so I need to work with them too, right, uh, to make sure that they're they're okay. But yeah, as women, so, you know, one of the things is for most of us, we are not brought up and, and our parents don't necessarily talk to us about money, right? So I grew up in a household, my parents did not talk about investing, they didn't talk about saving. Now, I knew they saved where they, when they could, but they didn't talk about those things, right? Um, and so women tend to be brought up, little girls, you know, we're, we, we play with dolls, we do gymnastics, we do dance, but no one really talks to us about money and knowing, you know, how do you grow your money? Where do you put your money? What's the best way? At least that's not how I grew up. And then as you, as you begin um, 
and in our families, um, what often happens is that if anyone gets the information, it's going to be the boys, right? Because you're supposed to be the head of the household. You're supposed to take care in traditional families. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing is there are things that as women, we have to navigate um, that others just don't have to navigate, right? So, so we go to college. When do we get married? When do we decide to have children, right? Do we want to stay out of the workforce when we do have children? How does that impact our money-making potential? How does that impact our promotions? How does that impact our contributions to our workplace retirement plans, right? And then we're raising some babies. And um, now do we need to take care of aging parents, right? Uh, Because oftentimes, and you will see this throughout all cultures, women are the ones who end up taking care of parents most likely if they need help in those later years. But but what if you've got some kids like, like most of us have now that are now young adults who maybe aren't making the money they need to be making, right? That are early on in their careers and who now have come back home. So now you're taking care of aging parents, but you're taking care of some grown kids too who might be living in the basement, but you're taking care of more than 50% of their, you know, financial well-being for them to be around. Um, so what happens in those cases? Oh, and let's not throw in a divorce where now we have to, we went from a two-income household to now navigating a one-income household. How do all those things impact us? And man, will I ever be able to retire or am I going to work until the end of days, you know? And so those those are the reasons why, for me, working with women was so important. It, it's how do we still live a meaningful life, do all those things that that get thrown on us, right? And um, and still uh, create a life where we can walk away from and and have fun, you know, and do some things for ourselves and have some self care and do some vacationing and some traveling, right? So so those are things that we've got to consider. Yeah, and you a light bulb went off as you spoke. Because you mentioned that boys, as the head of, were I guess were generally expected to be the head of the household, and they were taught the financial stuff. But now, <laughs> women, if the statistics are correct, a lot of us are starting to out earn our spouses. That's we right. We are the primary breadwinners. That's right. And I'm like I'm a member of various uh, law groups on Facebook and different things. Women, I should say. You know, women in the law face groups, Facebook groups, for example, and they're talking about, they're sharing. Gosh, I'm I'm the primary breadwinner. I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I don't want to keep working this job. It's very stressful. How you know? <laughs> and it, I'm reading this, and I'm like, oh my god! Like we we need to be on top of our finances and have all the information we can have. Because we're navigating so many different things. You're right. You're right. You know, women are graduating um, and going to college at rates that, that exceed men. Um, we're getting higher, you know, degrees as well. We are out earning our partners in most cases. We are leading single family households. And yeah, there's a high burnout factor because we're also the super women. And, and, why do we always have to be that, you know? Um, but how do we navigate all of that? Um, 
and and not lose ourselves in the process as well, right? So yeah, so that is a very good point because we've got to make sure that we are doing the things and implementing those things that will give us the outcomes that we still want when it's time to walk away from those jobs for whatever reason, whether it's burnout or it's just time to retire or it's time to pivot to something else. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And just in my experience as a divorce attorney, I just... I mean, I'm no financial expert by any means, but I have seen. But you've seen some things. Yeah, I've seen (laughs) some financial records. Yes, yeah. And I would get chills. Um, Just it it appeared that a lot of women would just kind of stick their heads in the sand. Um, Like this is happening. It's happening. It's happening. Like divorce or not. Like I think sometimes people just, I'll worry about saving later. I'll worry about investing later. And then they look up and it's 20 years yes. <laughs> down the road. And, like, and they haven't done anything. Right. They haven't done anything significant. Yeah. No, absolutely. So most of the listeners obviously are a little older. I wish I could, I wish yeah, if some 20 year olds are out there, you need to listen. But for those absolutely. of us that are like, maybe we're in our forties and we're looking over our finances and we're like, oops, what what can we do? What can we do yeah. now to make better decisions? Yeah. So I think one of the things, you know, we live in such a great time where we have access to so much information and that information is good. Um, the, the issue though, sometimes Crystal, is that Sometimes because we have this superwoman syndrome is that we also think that we can do it all right. Like we we've managed to um, multitask on this, on that. And so we think we also can do that in our finances. And so I have found that a couple things is automating some things right from the get go are super important so that you don't necessarily have to think about it, but that that it's it happens whether or not. You, you meant to get back to it or not, right? So for instance, your workplace retirement plan, if you have a 401k or 403b, whatever that workplace retirement plan is, is that you go ahead and start contributing. You know, what I hear from most women oftentimes is, oh yeah, I'm maxing um, out my workplace plan. When I dig a little deeper, they're maxing out to their company match, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. You should be doing that because you don't want to leave any money on the table. But you know that the limit for 2023 in a, in a workplace retirement plan, if you're under 50, is $22,500. If you're over 50, it's $30,000. That's where you max that out. That is over and beyond wherever your employer matches in most cases. But it's setting that up automatically. And also, look, wherever your budget is, oftentimes we have to do whatever our budget says, Right. But every year, just set it automatically to increase by one to three percent based on where you are so that even if you meant to get back to it, it's happening still. Okay, Um, I feel that way about your bills. Start to automate your bills. Also, when you can, if your budget allows so that you can protect that credit. Right. So so doing some things like that and and it's not being afraid, Crystal, to talk to someone about how to get into a better place financially. We often come from, women often come from a place of, we are, um, we know how to do some things. I'm a good, I'm a great, I love research. I love researching about all the things, but I also sometimes have to realize that 
every uh, sector and every industry. Like I, I, I can't be a master of everything. And so we have to realize that sometimes it's okay to work with someone, right? Listen, I believe I can research some case law and case, <laughs> but, but at some point I need to realize that, hey, maybe in family law, Crystal is the expert here and I need to lean on her because there's so much that I don't know about what I don't know. And that's okay. And that if I want to get to a better place, that sometimes it's okay to have and pay for people to help us get there, Right. Um, and because we can't all be experts, right? Google law and Google physicians, it doesn't know everything, right? Um, but it's okay to have help to get us to a better place. Okay, great, great. Now, I, I can imagine you probably get a lot of pushback from folks that may come to you for advice. They may have misconceptions. You know, I... What kind of misconceptions do you see women in particular may have about investing or, or even saving? Yeah, um, I think one was kind of what we were just talking about, the superwoman syndrome, that mm-hmm. we can do it all. Um, and then in that doing it all, things slip through the cracks mm-hmm. and we just never get around to it. Right. So that's number one. Number two is thinking that if you have help, that that help is just going to cost you more than than what you've even found out, you know, uh, most people would be very surprised to find out that, you know, hiring a financial advisor or an investment advisor, someone that can help you, you know, take a look at where you are and map out how do you get to those goals and dreams that you want, that it really doesn't cost you much. Right. And that the flip side is, is man, you know, one of the things my husband and I say usually around food and healthy eating is you're either going to pay now or you're going to pay later, right? You pay now in the cost of higher higher food or you pay later in the cost of your healthcare bills and your medical bills and 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 just your healthcare decline is that um, seek out the information, be okay uh, with with someone helping you out, but but really realize that it's not going to cost you that much. Those are probably the two biggest things is I can do it all because Google is here to help me. And then the other thing is that, um, you know, uh, uh, that it may cost me too much, but I haven't gotten the information um, about that. Yeah. About what it really would look like. Yeah. Yeah. And for me at this point in my life, I'm all over the place. We were talking about that before I hit record with you today. <laughs> like, you know, I'm podcasting, yeah. I'm lawyering, I'm mommying, I'm rental, I'm a landlord, I'm tired. So anything that I can outsource <laughs> at this That's point, because right. I, right. yeah, Google might, but it's hard sometimes digging through Google, trying to figure out stuff on your own. You don't know if yeah. it's fact or fiction. So yeah, I'm there with you. I think we should, ladies, outsource as much as you, as you can, get help. Go talk to someone who specializes in, in whatever it is that you're looking for help in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. To see, are you on the right track or can they help you get there? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And especially now, I know we keep hearing this word recession. I don't know if we're in a recession, if we're heading into a recession, but I, I see, I know a lot of times people retreat, like they stop saving, they're afraid to invest when we get into murky financial times like now. But what would you say in response to that? Like, what should we be doing, even if we are headed into a recession? 
Yeah, I do. I do think we are headed into some kind of a soft recession, you know, from a corporate perspective, I think things are kind of okay, but from a personal finance perspective, there's a few things, right? And and I think you hit the nail on the on the nose, Crystal. You know, we've got student loan payments that just kicked back in for most people, right? So we've had three and a half years of not making any payments. So there's that. We spent all of the pandemic money that we got, right? <laughs> and so now that inflated savings we had, that extra play money we had, that's gone, right? And so I think, you know, we're seeing high inflation, even though inflation has come down from where it was nine months, 10 months ago. You you said the bread is costing more, the milk costs more, the eggs cost more. So even in our um, household budgets, everything that we're paying for is costing us more, right? So it's taken away from a lot of that. Um, and then you've got some external things going on, you know, this prolonged Ukraine-Russia war that's still happening. Now we've got Israel and Palestine, right? And so anything that goes on in the world affects everything around us, whether we realize it or not, um, mortgage rates, right? The the cost to, to borrow money right now is a lot higher than it was, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago. And so all of that. So what we're seeing now is savings rates have dipped. So we now don't have that much savings. We're seeing a rise because when savings dip, what do we reach for is we reach for our credit cards. So now we're seeing higher credit card balances and higher payments, right? So our debt has increased. Um, we've started to see uh, defaults in auto loans. So and us paying for cars because it's just gotten tougher. So what do we need to do? Man, that's a, so great. So a couple things. One of the things is we need to look at um, sort of the low hanging fruit. How do we deal with some of the things that, we've kind of gotten ourselves in trouble with. One is subscriptions. We have a ton of subscriptions to a bunch of things. Let's look at subscriptions and where can we get rid of stuff that we're just not using? Listen, I am not above you getting on someone's Netflix account, okay? So let's get rid of that because the Netflix, the Hulu, right? They've All these app subscriptions have gotten hip to, okay, people are willing to pay. They got rid of cable. We got rid of cable. But now I'm realizing we're paying still a lot for all these other subscriptions. So those subscriptions, man, cut back on Amazon. Who are we competing with, right? Look, it really boils down to Crystal is what is your why? What is my why for where I want to be? And so when you start to drill down on, hey, is it these kids that I have? Is it this life that I want to create? knowing what your why. And what I realized when I talk to my clients is that most people don't know what their why is. They haven't identified or they have a very surface level why for why they operate in the way they do. Um, most people don't know what their what is, right? Um, so much less their why. So knowing your why, but also is really taking a look at um, what do you want out of life? So it's drawing that picture of what do I ultimately want? And then why do you want that? Why is that important? Because that just throws down on very specifically, what is it that I need this to look like? And honestly, wherever you are, Crystal, it's, um, it, it's like a 10-year period where we just put our heads down and we start taking a look uh, at how do we um, turbocharge everything that we want out of that. Now, is it going to take some savings? Is it going to take some pinching? 
Absolutely. So we're going to look at the entire budget and where do we cut out? Who are you competing with? Um, the other thing is we're spending money on, I know, look, I know our time is being sucked up by all the things that we have. If you've got kids, you've got kids activities, you've got all this stuff that you got to balance. And so we're saying, Hey, let's outsource some of that. So let's get our groceries delivered for a fee. Let's get that Grubhub Uber Eats delivered for a fee because I don't have time to cook. But man, those fees are killing us. So it's deciding that you're going to hunker down and it's cook your food at home. I know time is of the essence for a long period of time. When my older kids were little, I used to cook about four to five days worth of meals on the weekends. Was it a pain? Absolutely. But man, it made it easy when we were juggling sports, when we were juggling activities um, to just pull something out of the freezer and heat it up. And it cost a lot less. So again, taking a look at where our money and really it's pulling out what your bank statements look like, where you're spending your money, your credit card statements to really see. And what you'll see is that it's not the thousand dollar decisions we're making, right? It's not our mortgage or our rent payment. It's not our car payment. It's the daily decisions we're making that are 50 and a hundred dollars that we don't think about. That's like, oh, okay. I just went out to dinner. I went out for drinks. You know, I did this. I did Uber Eats. I've got Amazon. Those decisions, the 50 and hundred dollar daily decisions we're making are the ones that are really costing us in the long run because we're not tracking those like we should be tracking them. And so it's really just taking a look at reining that in to really help us. And it's not the stop saving because that's really, really important in our plans. And um, so it's, it's continuing on the automatic. I'm contributing to my workplace retirement plan um, if, if they're matching. And even if they're not matching, go ahead and contribute. I can't tell you how many 40-somethings I've met with that said, oh, I just never got started with my 401k. And I don't get that because this is sick. And if your employer's giving you money, you're leaving money on the table, right? But look, this is where we're building for the long term, okay? And so I know we're in a society where everything should happen at microwave speeds, but the reality is, is it's built over time. Our wealth is built over time. Our, you know, our savings account, our kids' 529 accounts or college savings, it's all built over time over decisions of consistency month after month after month. Yeah. Oh my God. You said a mouthful. Um, yeah. Just looking over like I said, as in my divorce work, I would be very surprised how some of my clients made very decent money but like they never contributed to their 401k or they like literally started like the year before. Um, and I I think there was just this idea that they couldn't afford it. They had all these expenses, household expenses. Um, which brings me back. You said, what is your why? One of my whys, for example, is my daughter. I mean, that's a big why. So as a mom, and I know I'm probably not the only one that struggles with this. You want the best for your, your children, right? So she's got all these activities, mm-hmm. these monthly expenses, private school. And <laughs> I sometimes sit back and say, gosh, the money I would have. <laughs> yes, yes. So Listen. it's a battle trying to put myself first in that and make sure that I have what I need 
to so that when I do get of age and I'm ready to retire, you know, it, it's like the struggle uh, trying to balance that all. And I think a lot of women really, really struggle with that. And now we're moving into holiday time and we know that the bread and the milk is more expensive, but we're still sitting here trying to figure out like how we're going to get our daughter or son a new iPhone, you know? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do we do that? Right. How do we do that? It's so funny because for the last, uh, I would say three years, we've been really looking at that. Um, you know, over the years we've done better. And I think when you come Oftentimes what I see with families is when you come from a place where you didn't have much, you want to overcompensate with your kids, right? And so you end up giving them a lot more. And I, we woke up, Leonard, my husband and I looked up um, one year and we said, you know, we, we, we bust ourselves to make sure that these kids can have all these things. They end up playing with three or four of them. The rest of it kind of goes by the wayside. It gets forgotten. And now, you know, we've spent all this money, what, you know, like, where are we at? It started to get to the point where we felt like we just weren't fulfilled at all with the holidays anymore. It just it just became uh, we're just trading money with family members and here, here, let's just give you some cash. Right. And so we started implementing the Christmas buying, which was and you've probably heard this buy something you want, something you need, something to wear and something to read and really focusing in on you don't need a bunch of stuff. And then we began to incorporate an experience for the holidays and, and an experience. I Listen, the most fulfilling of experiences has been our volunteer work always during the holidays where we've gotten all of our extended family together to give back. Um, that in some in, in some years look like we're going to buy for a family and so you're you're not getting a lot but man just the fulfillment of doing for someone else just made us feel so full right just families of just that that didn't come from much or didn't have much or went through something serious um that that even the little ones could say man i just feel so good you know um where we, you know, cooked, we, we did the Ronald McDonald house one year where families around the holidays who had very sick kids. And we just went and cooked just a bunch of food and got to fellowship and share with them and just, just feeling fulfilled, but also passing that on to our kids that it's not just the stuff because the stuff comes and goes, they forget about it. They move on to something else, but just the feeling of giving back. And so that's what we've moved on to because it's not about the money. The money gets us in debt. It takes away from our savings, right? It, so we, it, it's, it's time to let go of that pressure that we put on ourselves to just get more and more stuff to make up for whatever we didn't have. And it's really about saying, hey, this is what we're at. We're in this thing with our kids with radical honesty with our big kids about, listen, mom and dad have done so much for you guys over the years. Now it's time for mom and dad to do for us, right? We want to build our retirement accounts. We want to give back to our schools in, a, in very meaningful ways. We have these organizations that we want to help take care of. Um, and this is what we're doing now, right? So we've given up to this point to you guys. Now it's time for you to take the reins and to build your own lives, right? And so, so yeah, it's, it's not the things. It's the experiences that you can create with your kids, um, 
and then getting them. I'm not saying don't buy your kids any gifts, right? But it's, do they really need 12 Christmas gifts that they're only going to look at two of them and forget about the rest, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I will say my daughter, she's never asked for a lot for Christmas. I mean, like I remember when I was a kid, I had a whole list. Like she might ask for like a three things. Like, so she doesn't really ask for much, but what I have struggled with, I think I'm getting better now, but I'd look at this list and I'm like, well, she has to have more than this under the tree. (laughs) So that I'm buying all this stuff. And like you said, year after year, she's not touching it. It's just going to waste. So then I got to the point where I said, okay, I'm going to fall back. And I would even tell family members and friends, don't buy her anything. How about you give to her 529? Yes. We started doing that with extended family as well. And it's, it's a game changer. She doesn't need any more stuff. But, but they, some of my family members, they want her to have a gift. Like they can't. And I'm like, no. (laughs) So that's another, that's something we've been struggling with. Just my extended family and friends who want to give. And I'm like, yo, we don't need anything. Let's just, you know, you don't have to get us anything. We have to help reprogram even our family members, right? In the same way, because you're right. It's, oh no, what are they going to do? And listen, I'm all about teaching Zuri, my six-year-old, like, here is your mutual fund statement. Let's play a game about how big we can make this number here, you know? Um, and so what are ways? And, you know, you get an allowance for doing something. You've got your piggy bank. How about we start putting some of that money into there so we can grow this number, you know? Um, so it's, again, look, what we can't change is how our parents and our extended family members grew up. Um, but we can help to reprogram them and say, hey, we're teaching them something different, which is how do we teach them about money? How do we teach them about budgeting? How do we teach them about giving back, right, from that perspective? So, yeah, it's a whole reprogramming that has to happen. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's it's a journey. Um, but, yeah, I sorry, I didn't mean to get on that Christmas tangent, but... <laughs> But, but it's great because we're near the holidays right now. So I think that was perfect. That yeah. Was perfect. Yeah. So you talked about, okay, w- ladies, we need to start contributing to our 401k or at least contribute the max or as close as you can get. Um, mm-hmm. Subscriptions. Oh my God. I went through my subscriptions recently, Jennifer. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was like stuff for apps. I'm paying for apps that I don't even use. So yeah, I, I, I found a lot of money right there. Um, what else can we do as, as women, as we were, you know, as we approach this year's end to try to pull together our financial health? Yeah. So outside of looking at that stuff is look, we should, um, look, savings should always be important. And it should never be something that's negotiated. And I know, look, budgets are tight. They absolutely are. But your saving is going to be your saving grace at the end of the day. And so the reality is um, you talked about that our listener base here is a little bit older. 
If you haven't worked with someone before, if you feel like you're a little bit behind, number one is never allow someone to make you feel bad for where you are, right? That's number one. Um, listen, if you're going to talk to someone, we already have to humble ourselves enough to, to know. And I think that's the other thing that keeps women from talking to someone or working with someone or really getting to a point where they're, they really realize how much they need is that the sheer shame of, I, I know I should be a lot further along and I'm not. But so if anyone makes you feel bad, you go run the other way. Okay. Cause they should never make you feel bad for what you are. But it's also realizing that, Hey, if, if you're in your forties and you really want to still retire by the time, let's call it 60 to 65, normal retirement age for today, it's going to take about uh, you saving about 20% of that income, okay? And so that's a big number, but at 10%, it's still going to take us about 40 years. And we, we've got some catch-up to do. Then it's where it's being placed, right? It can't just be in a savings account because that's going to take us too long. So it's really working with someone to navigate us to those places. Um, so that's 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 a big thing there. And um, taking a look at where you can cut back, right? It's Look, for a period of 10 years, let's just not keep up with the Joneses at all. Let's not even look at the Joneses, right? Let's not talk to them. But how do we still reward ourselves for the hard work that we're doing? I'm not saying you don't go out to eat, but maybe it's you don't go out to eat you know, three to four times a week. You don't do Uber Eats in the same way, but you still have a time where you can celebrate. Maybe it's once every other week. Maybe it's once a month. Not saying you don't buy yourself something to look good, right? But can we find some options that aren't as costly for a period of time? Because it's about really focusing on what that why is. And if we're a little bit behind, is that we turbocharge that. So I, I I know some people are going to cringe when I see that when I say this, but the Sheans and the Tibus, maybe you got to look at fast fashion for a period of time um, so that we can buy still, but it costs us a little bit less, right? Um, because that's really, really important as well. But it's about really focusing on this next 10 years to turbocharge without cutting, without cutting that savings, because that is super important. Yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head. It's I think there is a level of shame um, with many of us where we won't get help because we don't want to disclose. Like we feel like we're behind, and yeah. I, I many of us are behind. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's real, and the conversations could also mean. How do we how do we troubleshoot? How do we brainstorm on what else we can do to make some additional money, right? So what what the pandemic has shown us is there's a lot more work from home jobs. So one of the things I do with my my clients is okay, we're behind. What what are your passions? What can we monetize from those passions? What are some things that you would be willing to do? Not forever, but maybe two to three. I had a I have a client who during the pandemic. She's an HR manager. She was able to take on two HR manager jobs. She had recently gone through a divorce. You know, she had been in a, a lot of debt, but that extra job, she did it for a year, allowed her to pay down her debt, stack her savings, start investing account, and it repositioned her while she was 
climbing out of the divorce hole and just put her in a totally different place. So I'm not saying forever, but you working with someone that can help you think through. Sometimes we get stuck in the minutiae and we can't see the forest for the trees, but someone that can help you because it may take something extraordinary, not forever, but maybe a one to two year period where you are having to work double to, to really set your life up and get back on track. I love that. I love that. And I think you, again, there goes the importance of having someone navigate this with you and, and help you come up with a game plan. Um, because it, it does sound, I mean, I felt overwhelmed, like just hearing you speak and thinking, oh my gosh, 40, I don't have anything. What do I do? Like it's overwhelming. And I, I can see a lot of women just say, forget it. I'm not going to do anything. And yeah. that certainly isn't the best choice. Let me tell you, I, a coworker, I just thought of this in my current job. I'm not going to say names. Um, she's early sixties and she, I don't, she said, look, she pulled me aside one day and said, save your money. Mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. don't want to be like me yeah, and have to keep working like this. And yeah. my heart just sank. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because yeah, she realized that, Hey, I'm probably going to have to work until I die. And that's just not where you want to be. Right. Um, yeah. But there's so many women in that position, and I'm trying to change that one woman at a time, right? Yeah. That that we may have to do something extraordinary, but one is 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 getting your head out of the sand and saying, "I can no longer live in this shame. I realize I'm behind. Let me see, can I get some help so I can get in a better position?" And then maybe you know, for two years, doing something extraordinary to help you get back on track. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's not the I'm going to hide from it because it's not going to go away, you know, and then thinking through what are some other things that we can do together to help reposition you that I can't see because I'm stuck in the the muck of it right now. Yeah. 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 Wow. Sure. Jennifer, this was great. Is there anything you wanted to share that I didn't ask you? Um. Let's see. Is there anything? I would just say, I want to close with just make sure we sit down, especially during this time of the year where a lot of folks do some goal setting and goal planning and do their vision boards, is that you really identify why you're doing what you're doing, right? I know we have kids and I know a lot of times we have to work because we got a lifestyle to support, but why is it, what is it that you want out of life and how do you want that to look you know, in five years and 10 years and when it's time to really retire. And let's be very intentional about how do we get there and asking for help is okay. Okay. If it can help us get to the end goal of what we want. Great. Great. Now, Jennifer, if folks want to reach out to you, maybe they want your help. How can they learn more about you? Yes. So our practice is called the ALZ group, uh, ALZ group. Um, I can share the information if you want to include it in the show notes. Um, I am Jay McReynolds at the ALZ group.com. And you can always reach me at 
698-9400. I am happy to take a look at whatever you have, whatever scenario, and work hand in hand to get you to where your goals are. Because look, it's not too late. It's just let's identify where we're at and let's know that there are some solutions that we can still get to together. Okay. Great. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming on again. Thank you. Thank you, Crystal. This has been great. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into the Go Hard Chick podcast. We hope you find our episodes and discussions informative, engaging, and helpful in your journey towards a healthier lifestyle. At the heart of this podcast is the belief that health and wellness are essential aspects of a happy and fulfilling life. Through our conversations, we've aimed to provide you with actionable steps and insights that you can incorporate into your daily routine to improve your physical and mental well-being. We want to encourage you to share the podcast with your friends and family as we believe that everyone can benefit from learning more about health and wellness. By spreading the word, we can create a community of empowered women who are committed to living their best lives. We hope to continue to bring you valuable content that will help you to achieve your health and wellness goals. Stay tuned for more episodes. And until next time, go hard chicks, take care.